Checking the connection, checking the connection. What you gonna do? Check the connection. Hey everybody, welcome to Get Wood, your favorite thing to do on a Tuesday. That's titties for Tuesday. What? Let's all sing together, shall we? Come on, you know the words. Bam, and you say, God damn, this is a dope jam. I'm broad, I'm broad. I'm a broad who's broader than Broadway. Yes, I'm a broad. Yes, a broad. I'm broader than Broadway. And I'm diddling, 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 diddling myself. And it feels so good. Thank you, baby. My titties is out. Your sauce will mix with ours and will make a good goulash berber. Oh, yeah. What time is it? It's time for Get Wood with Jess Wood. Hey, 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 everybody, hey, 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 everybody. It is Tuesday, and uh, I would like to first start out with a little bit of a rest in peace, a little memorial shout out to Mr. Eddie Van Halen, Mr. Edward Van Halen. I mean, if you're a Gen Xer and you didn't get finger banged or do some finger banging to Mr. Edward Van Halen, then you missed out. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I lost my virginity either to Eruption or Jamie's Crying. And the guy who busted my cherry, Jamie. That was his name! It's so, like, meta, dude. And also, I have a story for you about Mr. David Lee Roth. Not about Eddie Van Halen. I've never met Mr. Van Halen, but may he rest in peace. I have met David Lee Roth twice. That's uno, dos. That's right. What up, Schnecki? Um, I have met David Lee Roth. And let me tell you something. I met him once when I was a teenager in Los Angeles. I used to hang around with gangs. <laughs> I know. I don't look the type. But I used to hang around with gangs. And one night we were uh, hanging out in Hollywood and we were across the street from this club that was like the coolest club to go to at the time. And I don't remember the name of it, but it was like on Vine near Sunset or Santa Monica Boulevard. But it was very cool, very hip. So I'm out there with my girl Shannon, and we're hanging out with the gangsters, and we notice that all of a sudden there's kind of a ruckus at the door, and someone is leaving, exiting the club. We look, and it's motherfucking David Lee Roth. It's David Lee Roth. It's David Lee Roth in all his fucking glory. Do you know what I mean when I say all his glory? I'm talking about this was his, he had just gone solo. He had a big fucking fake titted blonde on either, real, thank you. They are real. Thanks for noticing. Thanks for talking about it. Uh, big titted, fake titty blonde on either arm and he had on a full spandex outfit, just like stretchy like Superman. And speaking of Superman, the big red boots. Superman motherfucking boots to his knees. Yes. Oh, yes. This is a full. Ah, what is going on? Okay, I felt my David Lee Roth. My inner David Lee Roth was like, kick it. So he walks out and he's walking towards us and we can't believe our luck. So we start to walk up to him and, and hi, Mr. Roth, Mr. Roth. And he goes, hey, girls, how you doing? And we were like, oh, my God, <laughs> he's talking to us. 
and he he's walking a little bit closer and then he's walking to a car and we think oh is this David Lee Roth's car because it really doesn't look as shiny and rich as he looks um, so we walk up to him because we think we're going to miss him because he's going to get into his car and we get up close to him and all of a sudden we realize he's pissing. He's taking a piss on the car or next to the car. He's hiding kind of behind the car and he's peeing and, uh, that doesn't stop us. That didn't stop us at all. My girlfriend, she just walked right up to him. She's like, I love you. I love you, Mr. David Lee Roth. And he goes, I love you too. And dick in hand, he leaned over and he gave her a kiss. Dick in hand. David Lee Roth dick in hand, leaned over, gave her a kiss. We were completely goners, so we were freaking out. Oh my God, David Lee Roth just kissed you. And we were screaming and freaking out. All of a sudden, two random white dudes just happened to walk by. And what do they do when they see and hear all of our cheering and our excitement? They go, fuck David Lee Roth. How dare you? Them's fighting words, really. And didn't I mention earlier that we were hanging out with gangsters? And you know what gangsters do when they're bored? You know what they want to do when they're bored after they've drank a lot and it's late at night? Oh, they want to fight. Yeah. And you know, any excuse is really a good excuse to fight in the streets. Nothing going on. How about a little fight? So we ran up to our friends. We're like, fuck those dudes. They just said to fuck off. They just told us to fuck off, which is a little different than what they really said. But we felt like... There might not be a fight if we said we were backing up David Lee Roth. <laughs> and the gangsters be like, you know what? Fuck David Lee Roth, man. He's right. David Lee Roth sucks. Hey, Kench. Thanks, Mama. I'm actually going to cut it shorter because I feel like it's getting, it's morphing into soccer mom uh, areas, which is such a strange thing for me to feel like. I always am asking my friends, do I look like a soccer mom? Do I look like a soccer mom? I don't want to look like a soccer mom. And everyone always looks at me very strangely and says, mm, I don't think you could ever look like a soccer mom, Jess. To that I say, thank you. But I will tell you this, uh, I saw David Lee Roth one other time in my life and I was older and I was working at a bar in New York City. It was a really cool bar. It was a secret lounge. It was called Lansky Lounge and it was a speakeasy that had been reopened by a couple of young Jewish guys in the 90s, but was a real gangster hangout for Meyer Lansky and all these Jewish gangsters in the fucking 30s. And it was such a killer place. It was built behind a kosher restaurant on Delancey Street called Ratner's. And it and Ratner's just looked like, you know, your kosher restaurant. You go with your, your aunt, your uncle, your parents. You have like a nice meal or you break fast there. It's all kosher, kosher kitchen kosher food and and yet in the back if you knew where to go through this little alleyway you could end up in this really fucking cool bar and so I ended up getting a job there and I didn't I didn't at first I didn't get the job I found out about the uh I found out about the application and they were looking for people to work at this place and I was like I want to work at a speakeasy that's hidden in the back of the Lower East Side some fucking kosher restaurant what's this so I went to fill out an application and they, it was the best fucking job application I've ever filled out they had questions like what's your favorite cereal come on what's your favorite tv show stop it 
I want to work for these fuckers. Well, I didn't get the job, and I don't know why. I, I don't know why. But uh, a few weeks later, I was rung up by a friend of mine who invited me to come and, and be one of the women that they needed. They needed girls for their softball. Because, you know, uh, in the spring, New York used to have softball all the time with bars, like against bars. And they needed women. They needed two women on every team, no matter what. So... I was called up by my friend, and he's like, you play softball, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. I'm actually all right at it. And he's like, okay, can you come and show up at this ball game? Okay, cool. So I go, and I play really well. You guys, I fucking scored. Like, I got a, I got a run in. I, I caught a fly ball. Like, I did all these things that you would say, hey, lady, maybe we want you on our team. Well, afterwards, what I didn't realize was I was subbing in for Lansky Lounge, for the fucking bar that I wanted to work at. So all of a sudden, it's after the game, we're smoking a joint on the bleachers, and the guy I'm next to goes, hey, did you fill out an application at Lansky Lounge? And I said, yes, I did. What the fuck, man? I thought I was perfect for you guys. And he was like, you know, we actually still need a waitress. Are you still down to waitress at our place? And I was like, fuck yeah. And so I started waitressing at Lansky Lounge, and it was cocktailing. That's where I met David Lee Roth again. Okay, it's karaoke night at Lansky Lounge. And this was a very popular night at the bar. But it was only popular because celebrity people knew that they could come and not get harassed. Because it was such like a very, very secretive place that like only the coolest of the cool, man. Only the fucking coolest knew about it. And it's true. It was like you better be really brave to get your ass into this bar. Because there was no sign. There was no directions. There was nothing except a very big and a little frightening looking Puerto Rican man that stood out front on the block on Norfolk and just stood there in a three-piece suit and fedora. And if you were brave enough to go, hey man, can I go to Lansky? Can, can I get into Lansky? And he thought you were all right. Then he would walk you back through these little fucking maze of a hallway and all this shit. So karaoke night turned into a fun place there uh, that night. And Scott Weiland, rest in peace, used to get his dope in the Lower East Side because it was huge. It was so much heroin in the Lower East Side. You know, the good old days. And uh, Scott Weiland would do dope at our bar and then, like, not out on the bar because he knew that he wouldn't get harassed and that no one would ever be... Um, harassing him. Hi, Jules. Oh my God, you were there. You were there. So there's someone in So there's people that know this story because they were there. So uh, I'm cocktail waitressing. It's karaoke night. Word gets out. David Lee Roth is in the building. Now it's a small bill. It's like a room. So I, I am now waiting on David Lee Roth on his table and I I couldn't I couldn't believe my luck. So I've I'm got I've got my little tray, I've got my little dress on, you know, little tatas happening, always with the tatas. And I I go up to him and I'll never forget what he said to me because it was so classic, not just David Lee Roth, but classic dialogue. And you know I love words, right? You know I do. I love to talk. I love to talk about words. I love to just words. Word word. So I go up to David Lee Roth and I'm like, hi, can I get you something to drink? And he says to me, he looks me right in the eyeballs and he goes, yes, hello. May I please have a double Jack Daniels on the rocks, please? And I start laughing and I go, oh my God, you're so polite. 
And he says to me, the line I'll never forget, I always thought manners were more important than morals. Yes! And he's so right. You know what I mean? Like if you ever, if you follow Cardi B online, yes, I'm comparing Dave Lee Roth to Cardi B because she's very sweet and polite, but she's also completely like loving her wet pussy and shaking ass and touching vaginas at the strip club. I mean, I don't know if Dr. Fauci would be okay with that as my pal Nodge said, but I, I, I don't know. So anyway, that's my David Lee Roth stories because we're doing childhood stuff every week for a few minutes to start the show, and I thought that was appropriate. Rest in peace, Eddie Van Hyland. Also, oh my God, I will punch my chair to quiet your child. Let me explain. I take the bus a lot. I take the train. I was on the bus the other day, and a child was behind me with his mother. His mother was on the phone. A Mexican child, a Mexican mother, mother on the phone, child not being talked to or watched or even looked at. So child starts kicking back of my chair. So I turn around first and I smile. And then he looks at me. He doesn't smile. I lean back. He continues to kick the chair. I go, oh no. And I turn around again. I go, mom, she doesn't look. Okay, I've tried. Then he's kicking again. You know what I do? I scooch up a little bit and I just start fucking punching back on my chair. Kush, kush, kush. And that child, ha, huh, it scared the shit out of him. And I was like, that's right. That's right. Shut the fuck up. Stop it. Stop being rude. I'm punching in the fucking chair. I mean, who needs a babysitter? You know what I mean? I think rules are important. Excuse me. Excuse me. Rules are very important. And you know who's not paying any attention to the rules? Nobody right now. It's fucking anarchy out here, especially in L.A. The homeless have taken over, y'all. It's official. It's official. We thought it happened before. Nah, it's now. It's now it's happening. It is so insane. Um, I, I went to the beach. I took myself to the beach. I thought, Jessica, go get some ocean before you go to the desert. So I go to the beach, and I'm walking down to the beach, and... Oh, I hear some singing, and I think to myself, how cute, someone's singing at the beach. Good go, girl. And I hear, welcome to the Hotel California. And I turn and look, and it's a, it's a lady singing, and she's singing in the shower, which is funny, you know, the beach shower. And she's washing herself, no soap, and fully clothed. Welcome to the Hotel California. White lady fully clothed at the shower on the beach. So I kind of can't stop staring. And then all of a sudden I hear a voice behind me of a man going, Hey, Pam, you need some shampoo? And I turn around and it's, I guess it's Pam's man. Another white guy sees nothing wrong with showering with all your clothes on. Pam, she's having a good time. Pam, she's got a great voice. She gets herself happy at the shower. She sings and she keeps her clothes on while she suds up. That's why I like Pam. She's my type. That's my type. That's my type. You know, a lot of people, I don't mean to brag, but I have been getting a lot of compliments on the haircut, and I want to thank everyone for that. Uh, it also sometimes backfires on you. 
and I will explain. And maybe I should take this as a flattering situation, as a compliment. You would say, Jessica, somebody wants to have your same haircut. Take it as a compliment. Okay, let's listen to the story, shall we? Here we go. I go into a Chinese restaurant, uh, takeout restaurant right by my house, where it's like, you know, $7 for a plate of food, which is not the most high-class situation. But we all know I live in the hood. Now, you know you live in the hood when there's more liquor stores and uh, churches than there are anything else. So, I go into the Chinese takeout spot with the bulletproof. They always have the bulletproof. It's not just for the Rona. And I'm ordering my thing from the guy, and all of a sudden, behind the guy, I hear, Hey! 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 And I, I don't assume it's for me, but I look. And the lady who works there is yelling at me, hey, hey. And I turn around. I thought maybe somebody was behind me and they, and something was happening. No. Hey, hey, you, where you get this haircut? And I, and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> she's a, it's a compliment. She's yelling a compliment at me. Where you get this haircut? And I, and I said, uh, I got it on Fairfax. Actually, I got it on Fairfax just off Melrose. It's a place called Shorty's Barbershop. And she goes, you write it down for me. You write it down for me. You tell me everything. You write it down. Will you get this haircut? How much this haircut? How much? And I said, $37. And she goes, okay, you write it down. You write it down for me. That's, that's good. Your haircut. And I was like, okay. I don't know if she meant that's good for the price or that's good for the hair. Your hair looks good. The price is good. I'm just going to take it as all of it was good. So I said, do you have a pen? And she goes, yeah. And it was like, I, you know, culturally, I get it. The Chinese folks, they're not as warm. You know, they're, they're very big spitters. I, I can dig it. I also have to spit a lot myself. Uh, not, the, not the warmest people. Also, like my people, I have Russian in my blood. Do you think we're warm? No. But I recognize it. Cold. Recognizes cold. So she's like, hey, what your haircut? Give me, write it down. You know, and I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, it's this haircut. Everyone loves it. Everyone says best haircut in the world. And everyone wants haircut like this. You're lucky I write down your information for you. And it's like two, you know, countries that battle constantly, just battling in the fucking takeout restaurant. And I thought to myself, Jessica, calm down. Get in touch with your Jewish. Get in touch with your Jewish. Be a lover. Be a lover. Be a lover. So I did. I was like, do you have a pen? Yeah, I got a pen. And she gives me a pen and the, you know, and I wrote it all down for her, all this stuff. I said, I said, you're going to ask for Nicole and you're going to ask Nicole to give you a mullet like she gave Jessica. I wrote it all down. My nose is running now. <laughs> Touching my face. Yeah. You scared? You scared for me? Uh, um, hey. So she got, hopefully, you know, so I have to get this cut shorter or else me and the Chinese food lady are going to be twinsies. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm, do I care? I do. I care. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at my notes because I have notes and a lot of people go, Jessica, I've watched your show before. I don't believe you have notes. And I say to them, you know what? Suck my dick from behind. These are fucking notes. How do you do? Uh, my microphone broke this morning and <laughs> my microphone broke this morning. So I'm using the mic in the machine. That's why I'm not holding anything. That's why I get my free, free range chicken free-range chicken, boiled chickens right here. 
Um, happy birthday to all my Libra lovers, my Libra lovers out there, Alexis and um, Maureen and Joshi and Bubsy and all my little Libra lovers that are out there. Happy birthday. Um, I, I went to uh, I went to get sa a sandwich yesterday, and I don't know if you watch all my stories or whatever, but I, I try to save them up for this, you know, but it's hard not to report exactly what happens when it happens because I get so excitable, you know? Um, I was on Larchmont, which is like a fancy, oh, Larchmont, meet me for lunch on Larchmont. We're ladies who lunch on Larchmont. And I went there, I had to go to the UPS store. I bought some boxes. Who buys boxes? I feel so bougie. A bougie box buyer, that's who. Because I need boxes. My box isn't big enough to fit everything to move. So I go to Larchmont, and I'm like, you know what, Jessica? Treat yourself to a motherfucking sandwich. Bitch, you need a burrito. You're losing weight. You're anxious. Have a fucking sandwich, okay? So I, I go to the sandwich shop, and I get a sandwich, and the guys ahead of me are discussing ska music. I love ska. Are you kidding? Give it up. Hup, give it up. Hup, 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 ska. Right? So I, I immediately put myself into their conversation and I'm like, oh my God, I love ska music. And they looked at me like I was a fucking lunatic. And I was like, you know what? Again, suck a dick from behind. You guys are talking about ska. I'm not allowed to come in and be excited about fucking ska music. If you were a true ska fucking skin brother, you'd be like, come it, pick it up, ha, 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 pick it up. You know, and you'd fucking cheer me on on my ska love for ska, dicks. So I said to them, I love ska. And then they looked at me weird. And I was like, I don't even care. And I was like, hey, do you know Horny Toad? And they were like, who? And I was like, Horny Toad. And they were like, no. And I was like, too bad, because that's like the OG ska boo-boo. That is like the fucking OG LA ska band before, way before Sublime came on the scene. These motherfuckers were, were putting out shit. And guess what? Let me describe this band to you too, because I dated the singer, bitch. Mm-hmm. I dated the singer. Pick it up. Hop, hop, hop. Yeah. And this motherfucker used to jump, do those David Lee Roth kicks. Pow, pow. Cha-chow. Yeah, motherfucker. He was hot. He's still hot. Go check him out. Horny Toad Band. That's right. Uh, black singer, Mexican bass player, Mexican um, um, guitarist. Um, yeah, may I? May I? Mm -hmm. From Venice and Santa Monica, California. And then when they would play, these fucking whores would all show up that I, were, I was very upset with. But I felt like, you know what? Fuck you, whores. I got the man. I'm, I'm dating the singer. I'm fucking the singer. What, what, what now? But all the whores would show up and they'd go, go horny, go horny, go horny, go horny. And that was their chant to the fucking songs. But you know what? Pick it up. Ha! And these guys didn't know Horny Toad. So I was like, yeah, you guys suck. You guys aren't really true Scott. Brothers, pick it up, right? So um, then I was walking out of the sandwich shop. <laughs> step by step, I take you on my adventures. And this black guy was walking by with his friend and he says, and, he, and there's this huge bang, like explosion sound in the, like it sounded like the parking lot that we were walking by. And the guy goes, 
no, man, I can't even handle any of this fucking Godzilla shit. And I was like, you know what, sir? The fact that you think Godzilla, like that's 2020, that Godzilla would just be fucking appearing here. First of all, we're not in Japan, you know, and I don't think Godzilla hits the streets of Hollywood. Although nothing really is that bizarre anymore to think about, right, kids? Like anything fucking goes, anything goes. Uh, I passed, oh, I love, <gasps> okay, I love Halloween. I love, love, love Halloween, and I love decoration. When the fuckers put their decorations out, and it's all scary in the night, but then in the daytime, it's like, ha, ha, look at that. You know, it's just laughable. And yesterday, I was walking, and I saw this dragon, a blow-up dragon. I mean, giant, like half the size of this fucking house it was in front of. And the only thing that it did, like it was all blown up, and its wings were out, you know, spread like wings. But the only thing that it did magically, like what I think they plugged it in for, is the tongue just was like... And maybe it was supposed to be fire because it was a dragon. And I'm thinking of cunnilingus, as I always do. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, this dinosaur, not dinosaur, dragon. This blow-up dragon is in line to be my next boyfriend. That's why. Oh, my God, the truck outside. Okay, but then these ladies were walking by as I'm excited about this dragon and I'm by myself and I'm talking to myself. I'm like, Ooh, look at this dragon. Damn, this dragon's big. Whoa, that's a hell of a tongue on that dragon. And then these ladies walked by that were doing like a lady's walk through Larchmont village and they had good hats and very expensive linen clothing on. And I was like, Oh my God, ladies, this, this uh, dragon's my next boyfriend. Look at that tongue. They did not say anything back to me. And here's the thing, friends. Here's the thing. I really think, and, and I know, I know, if I was a stranger in, say, the sandwich shop or on a walk, and some woman, who, me, I'm the some woman, was kind of enjoying herself and being silly and having all kinds of giggles in this life that's so fucking weird and hard right now, I would partake. You know who partakes with me when I fuck around? The homeless. <laughs> you know who partakes with me when I'm being a silly goose? The homeless. Um, anyway, I love Halloween. Love, 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 love Halloween. I love Halloween movies. I love Halloween Halloween, weenie, ween, weenie, bats. I love bats. I love zombies. I love everything that has to do with Halloween. I love being scared. And I love Halloween movies. But I got to say something, y'all. These Halloween movies that star children, when the children are... Now, this is bookending the show because I started with beating up a chair to shut up a child. And now I'm ending with horrifying children Halloween stuff. Okay. Malachi? Anybody? Has anyone ever named their child Malachi after Children of the Corn? Like, like some fucking crazy goth kid or person that like they get married, like the great goth marriage where, where everybody gets married in like a black wedding gown and like a fucking, you know, tuxedo and they've got like zombie fucking makeup on. And then they have a kid and they're like, of course, we'll have to name it Malachi. Whether it's a girl or a boy, you're going to name it Malachi because you're a fucking gotho. And do I mind? 
Fuck no, have a great time. But that shit scares the fuck out of me. Those kids that are scary, the omen, the exorcist, bitch, why are you fucking across? Like all that stuff, right? Very scary, very, very scary because it's believable. That's what I think because it's believable. And then I turn on this fucking Netflix show, uh, Haunting of Blythe Manor or some such sort. And, and what's even scarier, because like the omen, the fucking child has an English accent. And she's like, I don't like to go to the cellar. It's perfectly dreadful. Oh, I love going to the lake. It's perfectly splendid. And I'm like, Oh my god! Like, I fucking, I had to watch like three episodes of South Park after watching that just to clear my head. Because every time I closed my eyes, I fucking saw that little girl. It's perfectly dreadful. Ah! And then, okay, the best show on television right now, I believe, is Lovecraft Country. And Lovecraft Country, they got me, and then all of a sudden they scared the fuck out of me. And I didn't, I didn't expect it. I just didn't expect it. And is that the best scare that you can get? Yeah. When it's least expected and you're like, ah, like fucking fuck. Well, without giving away any spoilers, uh, the little girls from Uncle Tom's Cabin, the book, they come alive and oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Zombie children, zombie, zombie children, zombie fucking children. Where and then and no one else sees them. Like and you feel like the the kid and then they are like it's oh my god I'm sweating right now just thinking about it. So if you haven't watched Lovecraft Country, it's a fucking spectacular spectacular show. And also be careful because it does scare you at a certain point. Oh my God. All right. Is there anything else I need to talk about here? Look at the notes. Look at the notes. Look at the notes. It's almost time to go. I've had a, I've had a spectacular time. I've had a spooky, a spooktacular time here with you guys and ghouls. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh, I want to do a big uh, shout out to my uh, friend Jessica with a K, J-E-S-I-K-A, Jessica Lee Foster. Uh, you can find her online. She's doing a hike mic today where uh, just over in Pasadena, if anybody's watching or listening and wants to go to a hike mic Tuesday afternoon, it's over in Pasadena. But like Mama L says, I'll Pasadena on that, Jesse. That's what my mom used to say. That's the only really... That's the only way she used the word Pasadena, was to talk about how she didn't want to do something. No, honey, I'll Pasadena on that. That's fine. I'll Pasadena on that. Thanks, Mom. I've been thinking about my mom recently. Uh, she was a hell of a gal. Hell of a gal. And uh, I'm thinking about getting a juicer. Because I'll never forget when my mom moved out of the hotel we were living in when I was 15. And I said to her, Mom, how could you move? I'm only 15. And she said to me, Jesse, I'm not moving, honey. The juicer's here. Oh. Well, as long as the juicer's here, I guess I'm fine. Juicer is hard to cuddle with at night, though. 
Not that I cuddled with my mom, but <laughs> all right, juicy juicers. I'm going to leave you with that. I had so much fun today. I can't even stand it. I get to cross off so many of the stories that I told. I thank you for being here. I thank you for supporting me, for giving me the love that I need and that you also need and deserve deserving this. You know, I like to say at the end of these things, it's often really hard, especially in the time of Rona, my quarquar, to be consistent with anything, really, right? You want to consistently eat well, you want to consistently exercise, sleep well, all that shit. Well, it's hard. It's really hard. And some of us are having a harder time than others. So I just want to let you know, I'm thinking about you so much, and I'm I'm sending love. And every time I show up here, it's hard, man. Not my penis, but hard to show up. You know what I mean? It's hard to be consistent. So I want to just thank you for helping me stay consistent. And I want to thank you for being here because it's hard. It is. It's tough to show up. It's tough to show up for yourself. It's tough to show up for your friends. It's tough to show up right now. So look at you. Take a good look at yourself and say, hey, you. Hey, me. Fucking killing it. Yeah. I love you guys. I'll see you next time. Uh, this Friday... I am not sure about what's good with Just Wood. I have to, uh, I'm waiting on a couple of guests to confirm. So, until next time, keep being nice to yourself, will you? Just be gentle. If you fuck up and you eat seven donuts or you fuck that guy without a mask that you don't like, you know what? Who cares? Just don't hurt yourself. Be good. Wrap it all up. Your face, your dick. I love you. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Friday. Yeah. And maybe even before that, I'm trying to ease up on myself in regards to these lives. I'm like, you can't do any other lives. You only do lives twice a week. And that's what you do. I'm like, how about I have a good time and allow myself to do a live once in a while if I'm feeling in the spirit of it all? You know what I always say? Go with your guts. They know that shit. They know what's up. Guts know what's up. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. I 